1: a day podcast.
0: What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Packaday Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks, as always, for being here. I think I have a nice, quick, easy episode for you on this Thursday, and that is going to be going over my top five most underrated Packers on the entire roster. Now, first quick note here, I'm not using any rookies, and we could maybe make an argument that a Carrington Valentine or an Anthony Johnson Jr., maybe even a Sean Clifford are extremely undervalued. We have no idea at this point. They're still rookies. We've seen a couple OTAs. Yes, we got to watch some of the college tape and things like that, but it's far too early to be labeling any rookies as the most underrated players on the Packers roster. So even most of this, I have one second-year player on the list. Even those players, we don't have a great valuation of yet. So this is mostly going to be players who are a little bit older, uh, which also makes this a little bit more difficult because this is a roster that is primarily made up of first and second-year players. But I really like my list of five players. I hope you will as well. So let's kick things off right away with number one on my list Keyshawn Nixon. And you might be thinking immediately, Andy, uh, he was a first-team All-Pro a season ago. How in the heck can Keyshawn Nixon be an underrated player? Not to mention, everyone loves Keyshawn Nixon and is excited anytime he can touch the ball. As a returner, completely valued appropriately, and I totally get that. But Keyshawn Nixon, to me, has so much more to bring to the table, and specifically in that nickel defensive back, that slot, that star position this year. That's where I'm really excited for Keyshawn Nixon, because I think he brings so much energy and so much intensity. I think he's going to be a solid run defender from the slot. I think he's going to be a great blitzer from the slot. He played a couple hundred snaps in the slot a season ago, and he was really good. Oh, let me take that back. He was good. Like, I'm not going to say he was like, oh my goodness, like this is a, a brand new defense with Keyshawn Nixon at corner or something like that. But I really enjoyed how he played the slot position. And I'm excited to see more of Nixon in the slot position. Now, I think the question is going to become how much does he have to give to this team? Because if he is kick returner, punt returner, slot corner, special team specialist, like is there just, is there enough you know, you know, meet on the bunk. Is is, is he going to get worn out? Is he, you know, that's the big question for him. I think there's a chance that maybe they limit some of his just special team snaps, meaning and coverage, which I think is understandable if he's gonna be the slot in your returner, but is certainly a loss because he knows, you know, the special team so well. He has that connection with Rich Pisachia, but I think that's gonna be a question. Also, by the way, that's something else he brings to the table is just his overall special team's value. Are they gonna maybe limit some of his punt return snaps? You have a Jaden Reed on the roster now who could maybe take a little bit off of that off of his plate. I do think Nixon is a better kick returner than he is a punt returner. That's not saying a ton because he's also a really good punt returner, but maybe Jaden Reed takes a few of those just to take some off of Keyshawn Nixon's plate? Or do they go the opposite direction? And do they just say, you know what? He's great on special teams. He's great kick returner, great punt returner. We're going to make him the slot corner. Oh, by the way, also, maybe we could get him a handful of snaps on offense because I think that is a real legitimate thing as well. And maybe you don't even need it if Jaden Reed and Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and Samore Toure are all what we think they can be this upcoming season. But, if they just want a little extra juice on the field, maybe just a little eye candy for the defense, a little bit of the defense looking around being like, oh, Keyshawn Nixon's on the field. What are we doing here? Maybe a fake end around where you fake it to him and just hand it to an AJ Dillon or an Aaron Jones. Maybe just get it to him on a quick bubble screen, one play, just to see what he can do with it. Maybe you hand it to him on the end end around or the reverse. You know, maybe you just put him in the backfield and give him a a carry as a running back. I'm not saying anything should be like a full-time package for Keyshawn Nixon, but anything you can do to make the defense think a little bit more and be like, oh, who is that guy out there? That to me can add just a little wrinkle. And I would like to see Keyshawn get maybe one snap a game on offense, just as something a little bit different to see if he can bring something to the table there. So we are now talking about a player who can, again, be kick returner, punt returner, slot corner, special team specialist, and maybe even a little bit on offense. And then here's the other thing too. I mentioned the energy that he brings to that defense. I think he brings energy to the team as a whole. He's a very energetic player. Players seem to you know sort of build off of what he brings to the table. So that's why I'm so excited to see him more on defense. And the other thing that, you know, even blew me away his first season in Green Bay. We were at mini camps and OTAs a season ago, and Keyshawn Nixon first showed up. And remember, Keyshawn, when he showed up, this was a ultimate flyer free agent signing. Raiders did not tender him as a restricted free agent. Green Bay brought him in on a one-year bare minimum deal, zero guarantees, the smallest contract they could possibly give a player with his experience. And this was just a, all right, nobody else wanted him. He knows Rich is special teams. Let's see if maybe something works here. And what ends up happening that very first OTA and minicamp He's coaching, you know, like he's basically out there helping coach the special teams. And he just has that sort of passion to him as well. So this is a all-around complete player that can play so many different positions, can potentially affect all three phases of your team, and has energy and you know a little bit of coachability as well that he brings to the table. So I know everyone loves Keyshawn Nixon. I know he was a first team all pro a season ago. I think there's even more there, and I'm so excited for the year two of the Keyshawn Nixon experience, if you will. Number two on my list is Aaron Jones. This might be another one where you're like, "All right, Andy, like this is another you know, like well-loved player who is an extremely talented. Like we know the playmaker that he is. He's been here for a while now. I, I th- we all know how good Aaron Jones is. Totally get it. Totally understand it. The first thing I will say is I've never seen a player who has been so underrated by his own team. And this has been going on for forever. Mike McCarthy didn't want to play him his first season. And when he did, he'd have overtime touchdown runs to win the game. Like he couldn't get on the field. And then he finally gets on the field. And it's like, and as much as we love Jamal Williams, like Jamal Williams would poach some of those snaps. And then they spend a second round pick on AJ Dillon and AJ Dillon poaches some of those snaps. And you end up, you know, all of a sudden in your know, week three, you're asking Matt LaFleur, like, Hey, what, Why did that Aaron Jones guy get only, you know, four carries in the game? And like at some point this year, it's going to be a never ending topic. I guarantee you there's going to be three or four games this year where Matt LaFleur is going to be up at the podium being like, yep, we got to get Aaron Jones the ball more. That's the first thing I've never, ever seen a star the caliber of Aaron Jones that he just sometimes gets forgotten by his own team. So that is the biggest way that he is underrated. But I also know that he has had a couple key fumbles in some key situations. The Tampa Bay game and the NFC Championship game a few years ago, uh, the biggest one of those. He's had some other fumbles more recently. He does need to clean a little bit of those fumbles up. But I've seen people who have gone in the complete opposite direction, and all of a sudden, because of a couple of those fumbles, are on the anti Aaron Rod or Aaron Jones, excuse me, uh, bandwagon. And I think that is beyond ridiculous. And I know that's just a few of the you know louder trolls, and that's not a you know indicative of the overall fan base. But if there's any angst or anxiety or frustration or trepidation or anything with Aaron Jones, it's completely unfounded. Yes couple fumbles. I would love to see him get that cleaned up, but he is one of the most extremely reliable, extremely dependable running backs in all the NFL. Even though there were some costly fumbles, he's not a player that puts the ball on the ground a ton. He is a leader in the locker room. He is one of the most energetic, bubbly, positive presence in the locker room that you could possibly imagine. If you were building a locker room player from scratch, like it might start with Aaron Jones. And he's not the rah-rah guy. He's not going to be the guy that like ultimately is like firing up or leading a locker room huddle or anything like that. But a player that constantly leads by example is constantly showing up to all the non-mandatory OTAs is doing everything he can to better himself and better the team in any capacity. He's working on special team stuff, even though the odds that he's ever going to see the field on special teams is extremely slim. He's still out there working with the special teams, being a presence to show the value of special teams to some of the younger players. Like He's just the consummate professional. This is a guy that you constantly want on your team. And we can argue over whether or not you know, Green Bay should be paying running backs this much money and don't pay running backs and all those sort of things. And I get all of those philosophical conversations. I lean more towards the don't pay running backside of thing than anything else. But this is just a player you want on your team, you want in your locker room. And I think it's almost gotten to the point where it's easy to take Aaron Jones for granted. And the fact he's still doing what he's doing at this stage of his career, we see a lot of running backs broken down. Now, part of that is because his own team has undervalued him at times. And he's gone through seasons where he hasn't received the carries and the touches that he probably should have, which is, you know, really elongated his career and made him that he's still spry and can still make plays. But the fact that he takes such great care of his body and the fact that he is, like I said, such a consummate professional, it just really shows. And you can tell that he is still playing at the top of his game at this stage of his career at running back, which is not always the case. So number two on my list is Aaron Jones. Hey, everybody here on the Pack Day podcast, we're all about look good, play good. And that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses, and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly, and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them, and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more
1: information today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
0: All right, that brings me to number three. And I talked about this player a little bit the other day. This is sort of my completely under the radar one. But uh, again, I just talked about him yesterday and that's Tyler Goodson. And this is just a player that to me, every time I watch him, when I watched him in college, this is pre him even signing an undrafted free agent deal with the Packers. When I watched Tyler Goodson as a draft pick in college and people were talking about him as a potential seventh round pick slash undrafted free agent, I was like, how, how is this guy not at least a fifth round pick, like at least a fifth round pick? And then of course he ends up not going in the seventh round, ends up going undrafted and Green Bay signs him. And, and even actually before Green Bay signs him, I'm like, this is the single best undrafted free agent uh, that had been out there from that draft class when Green Bay got him I was incredibly excited I still don't know how he ended up being an undrafted free agent then he had the training camp in preseason that he did a season ago remember the preseason he had a couple real big uh plays that you know he showed exactly what he was capable of doing he has so much speed he has great agility he has great quickness he has great cuts he works extremely hard in practice like you can just tell like every drill that he runs he runs it at full speed he like everyone else is kind of going through it. And like maybe taking a handoff, doing their cut, and just getting upfield. He's like you know taking the handoff, get you know working his cut, getting upfield, and then working on jukes on like the second level, and like he's just doing everything at 100 miles per hour to show exactly what he is capable of as of as a runner. Excuse me. Uh, like I said, he I think he does have some special teams value as a returner. Uh, he catches the ball extremely well out of the backfield, so you can use him in that capacity. There's two areas that he has to improve on if he wants to earn that number three running back position and if he wants to get an, a real opportunity on this team, and that is his overall special teams value. It's great that he might be able to be used as a kicker kicker turner in some capacity, but let's be real. He's going to be behind Keyshawn Nixon. He's probably going to be behind Jaden Reed. Maybe if he makes the team he slots in as that number three kicker turner, that's probably the highest he would be on the list at this point. I don't think he has real punt return value. He has not shown that he can cover kicks or cover punts. He's not a blocker on any of the special teams units. So, if he has to find a way to show that he can do something else on special teams to show that value, like, you know, the running backs coach, Sermons, has already basically said the number 3 running back spot is probably going to come down to special teams, which really hurts Tyler Goodson. You know, the other thing is pass protection. So it's great that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. It's great that he can be a dynamic runner, but you, if if you already have two running backs on the team and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon that are going to be your primary running backs, that number three running back can't just be another primary running back. You you really want them to have special teams value. And if they do get in the game, can they come in and pass protect for Jordan Love? We know he can catch the ball out of the backfield. We know he can run, but at some point, you have to be able to bring some other intangible to the table. And right now he doesn't really have that. And it's really hard to see an avenue where he's going to get there on special teams. If he can pick up pass protection a little bit more, I think that's within his wheelhouse. But he is a smaller player, so that hurts him as well. So he's going to have to continue to show just how dynamic and playmaking he can be. Like he has to get to the point of just showing like, hey, you can't cut me. I am too good. I'm too much of a playmaker. And not only do you need to keep me, you need to get me on the field in some capacity. And I'm not sure he's quite there yet. And like I said, he's sort of blocked by Aaron Jones and A.J from actually getting on the field on offense. And if you have two running backs that are going to take hundred percent of the running back snaps, then keeping that third running back is more akin to some of those other skills. And that's not what Tyler has right now. So it's a tough situation, but he is far too talented. I do think Green Bay has to find a way to get him on the roster as the number three running back. And if that means that you have to be a little bit more creative, maybe use a Josiah DeGuara as a blocking back and just kind of keep some other players on the roster at other positions who are a little bit more special team specialists, so be it. But I've just seen too much over the last year and a half from Tyler Goodson to think that he might be a player that couldn't make this team. I'm very excited about him in year two and hope he continues to improve. Number four on my list is John Runyon Jr. Two years ago, he was the Packers' best offensive lineman in my opinion. Now, David Bakhtiari was out the entire year outside of 15 snaps and, you know, Elton Jenkins went down with the torn ACL. Now, Jenkins was better than him when he had been playing, and Bakhtiari in those 15 snaps was better in that game than John Running Jr. So I'm not saying he was the most talented or the most gifted, but because he played the entirety of the season, he actually graded out as my best offensive lineman that year. And he showed real potential to be a potential long term producer for this Green Bay team and somebody that you don't win with, but he can help you win because of. And that is a huge difference. And last year, I thought he took a really big step back and was not that same level of player. I thought you could get by with John Runyon Jr. a season ago if he was like your fifth offensive lineman. But this is somebody that, you know, as of right now, I want this to be Bakhtiari is your first guy. Elton Jenkins is your second guy. And then John Runyon Jr. Is, is that third guy and needs to step up and be a really good third player. I always equate your five-man offensive line to a five-man pitching rotation in baseball. Your ace needs to be insanely good. And when David Bakhtiari is healthy, he is insanely good. Your number two, you want to be an extremely good pitcher and maybe even ace eligible one day, meaning that, hey, when your first guy's gone, he can take over and be your next ace. And I think that's all, you know, what we think Elton Jenkins is and can be. Uh, If David Bakhtiari goes down, you know, everyone's going to need Elton Jenkins to be that next guy up, that next ace of the offensive line. I think we all think that possibility is there, but so that's perfect. And then your number three needs to be a really solid starter, somebody you can count on every single start. Maybe, you know, maybe not the... You know, high strikeouts, maybe not the dominant pitcher, but he needs to be able to give you a quality start just about every timeout. That's what I feel John Runyon Jr. can be. And then your fourth and fifth are a little bit more of, hey, can we get by with these guys every fifth day? You know, can we get by with these guys as our fourth and fifth offensive linemen? And I think that's a little bit more where your Josh Nymans or your Zach Toms or your Josh Myers is are right now. So I think it slots out well. And I think your one and your two are set, assuming they're both healthy. I think you've got sort of your fourth and fifth developmental guys, and Zach Tom clearly being that and a guy that you hope can move up over the years. But that number three guy needs to be John Running Jr. And I think he has more than the ability to be that. I, this is a player that I think has... Pro Bowl caliber potential. The big question is can he stay focused? There are too many games in which, and I know this is going to sound like he's not an underrated player, but I still think there's just so much there for John Runyon Jr. But there's so many games where he'll go like three quarters and I'm like, man, he is just grading out awesome. This is an all time John Runyon Jr. game. And then in the fourth quarter, it's like, oh, he forgot how to play offensive line or vice versa. It's like the first quarter, it's like, oh, is this should this guy even be in the NFL? And then like the next three quarters, it's like, yeah, he looks like a pro bowler again. And it's just those lapses where you're just like, I don't know why this is happening. And it usually happens in like a chunk of plays. So if he can just stay focused for a four quarter game and really have his best overall season, this is a player that, again, not only can be your fifth starter, not your fourth, not your third, but I think has pro bowl caliber potential. He does have some positional versatility. He can play left guard or right guard. I did think he played a little bit better at right guard last year than he did at left guard. I do think having a full offseason at right guard should help him even a little bit more. This is a contract year for John Runyon Jr. So I do think he is going to play his best brand of football, try to get that big contract from Green Bay or for elsewhere. So I'm very bullish on the season for John Runyon Jr. coming up. And then last but not least is Razul Douglas. And I think we are quick to forget just how good he was two seasons ago in 2021. And this is a player that made a ton of plays that covered well, that almost could do no wrong in his rookie season. And then last year came and remember they started him off in the slot and he just was not set for slot coverage. Like that's just not playing to his potential. And as he got to move back outside to outside corner, once Eric Stokes had the injury, you could start seeing Razul start feeling a lot more comfortable and playing some pretty darn good corner. Now, the other issue is that they didn't always use him to his strengths. Razul is a Outside press man corner. And as mentioned, they started using them on the inside, but they also, when used outside, used them a lot in off coverage that, you know, that we saw over and over from this defense until they started playing a little bit more aggressive press coverage at the end of the year. So, I don't believe that Razul's drop-off a season ago was due to Razul being a much different player. I think it was due to him not getting put in positions to succeed, him having to play in the slot, him having to go outside and you know basically play off coverage, which he's not a specialist in. And also, you have to remember, once you're that you know, in his first year, he was the outside corner opposite Eric Stokes, a rookie corner quarterbacks weren't necessarily looking at any one player to pick on they like thought that they had you know opportunities going against both Rizul and Eric Stokes Last year, you've got Jair Alexander on the other side, so you're going to get targeted a little bit more because they don't want to throw at Jair as much. So that played a factor as well, but I still think Razul is a very good football player. He's shown he can be a playmaker. He's shown he can be a very good press man corner on the outside. Very excited about this season for Razul and think he's going to have uh, another really nice season for Green Bay. The communication needs to get a little bit better. He does need to get a little bit better playing off coverage. You can't just be good at one thing in the NFL. The, you know, Joe Barry's going to have to play multiple different coverages, including off, including man. And sometimes your guy is going to motion into the slot and you've got to, you know, cover him if you're in man coverage. So some of those things need to get cleaned up a little bit as well and need to get improved. But if you can just use him primarily as a outside man corner, you're going to be in a very good position. And Rasul is going to have a much better season than he did last year. And we're going to see much more the result that we saw two years ago, in my opinion. And he should get a lot of opportunity to play on the outside as a starting corner with Eric Stokes coming off that Liz Frank injury and probably easing him back in even when he is ready to play. So those are my five uh, most underrated you know, Packers on the current roster. Keyshawn Nixon, Aaron Jones, Tyler Goodson, John Runyon Jr., and Razul Douglas. One last thing really quick, Bucky Brooks of NFL Network did a full list of the most uh, likely breakout players in the NFL this year. One one of the players that he mentioned was Devontae Wyatt for the Packers, and I could not agree more. And I've talked about this in the past as well, but this is a player who has so much potential, so much athleticism, came from the University of Georgia, a top best defense in college football defense, has every ability that you want in the world of position, quickness, speed, power, agility, spin, move, everything he works insanely hard. The effort is there. He just has to clean up some technique stuff. I think we're going to see that in year two. I think we're going to see him become more dominant. I think we're going to see him get a lot more snaps than he did a season ago. And I agree with Bucky Brooks. This is absolutely a player who has all the potential in the world to be a big time breakout player for Green Bay. And they need him to be that as a former first round pick just a season ago that is going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow with one of my lesser favorite uh, episodes, which is the five most overrated players in Green Bay. But if we're going to do underrated, we're going to do overrated. So tomorrow will be overrated. Make sure to check that out. Uh, You can follow the podcast at Packet Podcast. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. But until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go!